Well, the first reading for this, the third Sunday in Easter, is from the book of Acts, the third chapter. And it's also Acts chapter 3 that will serve as the basis for the message this morning. While the lame man, who was now healed, clung to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's, astounded. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? And why do you stare at us as though by your own power or piety we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, and you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. God and his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know, and the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn again, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And the epistle lesson is from 1 John, the third chapter. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, because we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who thus hopes in Him purifies himself as He is pure. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning and also practices lawlessness, sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. And as they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and he said to them, Peace be to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate before them. And then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, 
that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Indeed, he is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. The text for this morning's message is from the book of Acts, the third chapter. Actually, all 26 verses. And we only heard a portion of those verses in the reading for today. But at this time, I'm going to simply read to you a section of verse 12. Peter says, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? This is our text. In the name of Jesus Christ, our living Lord and Savior, dear fellow believers in Him. Well, I'm going to date myself this morning. I'm going to show the 60 years of my life by asking you the following question. How many of you know who Gomer Pyle was? Now I see the hands, the, the, the hands are going up here, the few hands that are here. Gomer Pyle was a fictional character, a naive and gentle auto mechanic on, on the Andy Griffith show. Gomer Pyle was so popular in that show that he got his own show, Gomer Pyle USMC. I can still hear Gomer Pyle, with that grin on his face, say to Sergeant Carter, surprise, surprise, surprise. Yes, life is full of surprises, isn't it? Last week, Joe Musgrove of the San Diego Padres pitched a no-hitter, the first in that franchise's history. And five days later, Carlos Radon of the White Sox also tossed a no-hitter. Surprise, surprise, surprise. On an episode of America's Funniest Home Videos, a man surprised his girlfriend by proposing to her as they were parachuting together. Again, surprise, surprise, surprise. And a few years back, on an episode of ABC's 2020, it told of an obstetrician who surprised one of his patients by carving his initials into her belly after delivering her baby. Surprises, both pleasant and unpleasant, are experienced by all of us. Well, the Bible is full of surprising stories. Page after page, God's people marvel at the surprising things that God does. In our text, Acts chapter 3, we hear of surprising occurrences and we encounter many astonished people. And as we read through Acts chapter 3, you can almost hear Gomer Pyle saying with his sappy smile on his face, surprise, surprise, surprise. But why? Why were the people surprised? Why is it that we are surprised by the things that God does or doesn't do in our lives and through us? Is it because God is a trickster or because we lack knowledge of God's promises? Is it because our Lord enjoys practical, pulling practical jokes on people 
or because we mistrust his almighty power to accomplish the things that he wills and purposes for us. Well, Acts chapter 3 begins with Peter and John on their way to the temple for the three o'clock prayer time. And as they approach the temple, the two apostles pass a man, a man who's in his 40s, and he's been crippled from birth. This crippled man has probably been stationed by the gate by one of his friends or by one of his family members so that he can beg for money. And this beggar pleads with Peter and John to give him a few coins. Peter abruptly stops, and he looks at the man, and he commands to the lame man, look at us. The lame man peers at Peter, expecting to receive some coins thrown his way. But is he ever in for a surprise? I mean, Peter continues, silver or gold I do not have, but that which I have I will give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking the needy pauper by hand, Peter helps him to his feet. And instantaneously, the man's crippled bones are made whole, and the man's withered muscles are made muscular. And this man, he jumps to his feet, and he begins to walk. And to the surprise to almost everyone except for Peter and John, this man enters into the courtyard walking and leaping and praising God. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Now, do you see yourself in this crippled man? Have you found yourself begging for pennies when the Lord has supplied you with an immeasurably rich treasure? Do you find that you plead with God for relief or for healing, and instead He answers your prayer by giving you the ability to endure, to experience peace amid pain, to have unwavering hope, in the face of a desperate situation? If so, then, surprise, surprise, surprise. But back to the narrative. The people in the temple, they recognize this jubilant man as the beggar who sits daily at the temple gate begging for money. They're overcome with wonder and amazement. They're astonished that ordinary men like Peter and John can perform such miracles. And the amazed worshipers rush to Solomon's colonnade to see these miracle workers. Peter greets the curious crowd with a question. He says, men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if it's our own power or godliness that we have made this man walk? It is in Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this man complete healing as you can all see. Do you see yourself in this crowd? Do you marvel that ordinary people can accomplish remarkable feats in the name of Jesus Christ? Do you approach the works of God with amazement and wonder and yet find yourself skeptical that God is able to accomplish amazing feats for you and through you? God accomplishes his objectives through us. He heals people in response to our prayers. He comforts the afflicted through our touch. He opens the gates of heaven to to the spiritually lost 
through our witness as we share God's powerful word with other people. He relieves the burden of those tormented of their sin by the declaration that their sins are forgiven. He provides food to those who are in need by the generosity of our sharing. He sustains the the stability of our communities as we carry out our God-given stations in life. These acts may not be as impressive as that of healing a lame man, but are they any less God acting through us in the lives of other people? Are you surprised that God chooses to work through you for the good of other people, for the growth of His church, and for the well-being of our community? Well, God uses Peter and John not only to heal the crippled man, but also to proclaim the gospel with the result that many who are crippled by their sin are made whole. Many who hear the message of Jesus' death and resurrection from the dead believe. In Acts chapter 4, verse 4, Luke reports, But many who heard the message believed, and the whole number of men grew to about 5,000. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Now, God really surprised the people, and He really surprised Peter and John because for their efforts for their efforts of healing a man, for their efforts of proclaiming the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, Peter and John are arrested. But even through this unfortunate set of circumstances, Peter and John are given the opportunity to proclaim the word of God to the Sanhedrin, that privileged religious ruling body that condemned and executed Christ. And much to the surprise of those who make up the swamp of corrupt political and religious elitists, these unschooled fishermen speak God's word with courage and with authority. So much so that Luke reports that when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Well, God can do similar things through you. Surprise, surprise, surprise. I mean, you may not be employed by God to heal a lame man, but God can empower you to speak the word of God with courage and with zeal and with authority. God can utilize the gifts that he's given to you and put them into motion so that his good and perfect will is is accomplished through you. The key for this to happen is for you and for me to spend time with Jesus in His Word, to spend time with Jesus in worship and prayer, to be in fellowship with other believers so that God can create an attitude of openness and readiness, and an attitude of openness and readiness that God can work in our life into the lives of other people. Well, the crowd is amazed. They're amazed by the healing of the crippled man, but they're stunned by the message that Peter preaches. Peter places the responsibility for Jesus' death directly on the people in the crowd. Peter says, The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed And you disowned him before Pilate, though Pilate had decided to let him go. 
You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead. And we are witnesses of this. Some of the people in that crowd that day were no doubt surprised to hear that the long-awaited Messiah had come and gone and they had missed him. Some in the crowd are probably surprised and even offended and angered when Peter points the accusing finger at them and says that you killed the author of life. And there's probably people in that crowd that day that are surprised beyond belief that Peter proclaims that Jesus Christ bodily rose from the dead and that the disciples had seen him with their very own eyes. But should these men of Israel, the people in that crowd that day, been surprised? I mean, has not the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus been foretold by the prophets? Has not the Old Testament revealed that the Savior is to be conceived in a virgin's womb? And it even tells where it is that he will be born? Has not the Old Testament said that the Messiah is to be born to a specific family line, to the family of David, and that he's going to be a prophet even greater than that of Moses? Has not the prophets described his earthly ministry graphically picturing the Savior's death by crucifixion and then triumphantly proclaiming his resurrection from the dead? Yes, yes, yes. And again I say yes to all of the above. And yet, Jesus' contemporaries are often surprised by his ministry. They're shocked by his teachings. Some are so surprised by his teachings that they reject him right out of hand. Even his own disciples are surprised and they resist the news that he's going to suffer and die. The ladies who journeyed to Jesus' tomb on that first Easter morning went with hearts saturated with sadness, expecting to anoint a dead body, but they were pleasantly surprised. When the angel said to them, He is not here, He is risen. And then there's Thomas, like all the other disciples, who were surprised by the news that Jesus had been raised from the dead. And Thomas even refuses to believe that Jesus has been raised from the dead until he sees Jesus with his very own eyes. And surprise, 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 Jesus appears to Thomas in resurrected flesh and blood. And astonished, Thomas proclaims, my Lord and my God. Why is everyone surprised? Might the surprise be attributed to their ignorance of God's word? To their unwillingness to believe that God can accomplish that which he promises and desires to do? Again, I ask, do you see yourself in these surprised people? Do you find that your unawareness of the contents of the Holy Bible makes you more susceptible to doubting that which God has accomplished for you through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, so much so that you're still tormented by the guilt of your sin and worried about what will happen to you after your death. Do you find yourself skeptical of the promises that God makes to you because you mistrust His mighty power to accomplish that which He has promised and hence you're unsure of your eternal welfare? Do you find yourself unwilling to believe that He will accomplish things through you and therefore you're resistant to Him working in your life? Well, what should you do if you entertain such thoughts? Well, Peter answers, repent. 
Repent and turn to God so that your sins might be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Yes, repent. Repent and trust and be refreshed in spirit to know that all of your sins, yes, all of them, are forgiven by Jesus Christ who died on the cross for you and me. Repent and be rejuvenated by God's word so that you may walk and leap and praise God in the way it is that you live your life day by day. You see, God wants you to have a refreshing relationship with him. Refreshing in that you are no longer wearied from carrying your burden of sin, but that you have it lifted off of your shoulders and placed on the one who was crucified for you. Refreshing in that we who are skeptical of God's promises may live lives characterized by confidence, confidence in God's will to keep his promises that he has made to us. Refreshing in that we allow ourselves to be channels of God's mercy and grace in the lives of other people. Refreshing in that we're renewed day by day by God's life-giving, refreshing word. But surprise, surprise, surprise. There's still one more surprising feature to be found in our text. Peter announces that Jesus is returning one day to restore everything as God promised long ago. He says, heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through the holy prophets. Well, this is a promise. It still remains unfulfilled, at least for now. But how do you respond to this promise? With distrust? With a bored yawn? With indifference? Peter warns anyone who does not listen to Christ will be completely cut off from among the people. My friends, I hope that you're not surprised. Surprised by the Lord's return for you, whenever that is. I pray instead that you will make use of the valuable time that God gives to you so that you might repent of your sin, trust in Christ as your Savior, and grow up in your faith and knowledge and love of Jesus as you study the Bible and are fed in your faith through worship, and that you will implore God to use you as an instrument of His mercy in the lives of others, and that you will live, with a, that you will live your life with a sense of urgency and the sense of witnessing to others of this good news of Jesus Christ, but also with patience, knowing that it's always in God's timing that He will bring people to faith in Him. Throughout this message, You've heard me echo the words of Gomer Pyle, surprise, surprise, surprise. But really the more appropriate word that describes what God does for us and through us is the word expect. Expect God to fulfill his promises to you because he always does. Expect God to forgive you for your sin for he has already done so through his son, Jesus Christ. And expect God to work through you to accomplish his purposes and will. And expect God to take you to your heavenly home. For Jesus has promised that he'll come back for you. Yes, expect God to do all of these things and more. 
for then you won't be surprised when he does. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.